We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. Hi, I'm Yui Xu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome back. We are always so happy when we get together in person because it's so rare now. But Julie and I just saw each other last week and it's it was like so, so fun to see each other in person. But we also had the best happy hour, I have to say. <laughs> really unexpected. I was just thinking that it feels like it was months ago that I saw you, but it was a week ago. <laughs> last week. It was last week. It was just last week. But I want to give a plug to Water Bar in SF because it was my first time there. And anybody who lives there or um, is visiting, $1.50 oysters from like three to five, right? <laughs> that was It used that to was be a, a dollar inflation, I mean, but inflation. still, yes, it is a really nice place. And I don't know, it's just, I forget time. Like, I mean, obviously, I see you on this podcast and we have this, but there is yeah. something about just in-person time of just, you know, shooting the shit with your friends and telling stories, catching up that, you know, it just nurtures me so much. And I realize like how much yeah. I need 
that all the time. I had this realization why virtual is hard sometimes is because when you get on a virtual call, it's mission driven. You're Mm -hmm. there for a reason. You're there to discuss stuff or to do work. But when you're in person, you can have idle time and shoot the shit. And it's not so like, oh, we have to accomplish something. Yeah. So I get why sometimes work companies are, you know, telling people to return to work certain days of the week, because there is some magic that happens in person. You just cannot get virtually. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we did that. And here we are virtual again, but we're bringing (laughs) you another fabulous episode all about just like bouncing back from divorce and building that and just coming back stronger. And I think divorce is like the word, the D word that people are so afraid these days. Like people are getting married even later in life or they want to take their time because they're so afraid of divorce because our parents' generation experienced so much divorce. But if we can demystify what divorce is, maybe it won't be as scary to think about or something that we even consider as a blocker for marriage. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think divorce, the D word, is scary. That's part of why we wanted to do this episode is because we got Alicia Robertson, who is our guest today, her publicist wrote to us and was like, what if divorce wasn't so scary? What if it yeah. wasn't that bad? And we're like, yeah, actually, we do want to uh, know that. You know? It's interesting. And it's interesting because we put up a poll in our Facebook group. And I think our Facebook group might skew more divorced people than our Instagram just from other polls we've run in the past. And Mm. it was interesting because the majority of people that responded that were divorced, they actually didn't fear divorce. Mm. There was actually very, I think it was 2% of people said, I've been divorced and I'm terrified of it happening again. There there was a split between it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It wasn't good nor bad. There was a split there. I think people could see that either way. But what was interesting was the biggest population was 30% of people said they haven't been divorced, but fear divorce happening. So I thought Mm. it was really fascinating that more people that feared it were actually people that it didn't happen to yet. The people that it actually Mm -hmm. happened to have come out on the other side and could see that it actually wasn't as bad maybe as they thought. Of course, every situation is different. I don't want to like undermine that. And this is just a poll that's showing the pulse of our community. But I did think it was an interesting insight. And it makes sense. Once you've experienced something, it does become less scary. Now, do you want to do it again? Probably not. I'm sure most most of these people who've been divorced, well, 100% of them will say, I do not want to get divorced again. But at least they can come out and say it's not as scary as I thought it was before it even happened. You know, so if we can just demystify these things that are put into society as, you know, just something to be so afraid of, something you want to avoid and prevent, then we can really just focus on our present dating lives and love lives and not fear this future that we haven't even encountered. Right. It's like, I'm still alive. (laughs) I still have good things going on in my life. Yes. You know, I think a lot of times like romantic love is so idolized in our culture too. 
that we do mm. forget all the good that's in our lives. Like even what we were talking about earlier, just going to happy hour with friends, like that yes. is so undervalued. But the connection and the feeling that brings is so valuable too. Yeah, I know. And that was like a day of connecting with friends. We later, Julie and I had dinner with uh, our friend Hai Ching, a dear friend of mine that I met in Beijing and she lives in Bay Area now, giving her a shout out because I know she listens. I know. I was so impressed by her active <laughs> listening because she is she married is. with a kid, but she was so on top of our episodes. <laughs> I was like, I don't know amazing. how she has time. Love it. I don't know how she Love like it. full time, works full time, <laughs> you know, has a has a young kid and all of it doing life and still makes time to listen to Dateable. And she says, that's how I get some of my updates about you. <laughs> <through Dateable. laughs> But it's so lovely to see her too, because you, when you don't have, when you don't spend time with a friend, when you have some time away, you forget the shit is happening during that time. And so much has happened in her life and she's gone through so much as well. So it's just, uh, I, I can't appreciate having friends enough and, and just like, just understanding that everyone is has their own shit going on. Like, you know, everyone has their own shit. Um, but it was so lovely. We had Julie had a like a lovely co-working session on Friday and really great to catch up and really great to just get bring back some of that in-person magic. And for we know we have a lot of new listeners, but we used to do this in person. I we know. used to record every episode, my dinky little studio apartment, our guests would come over, we get a bottle of wine, we drink a little <laughs> too much. <laughs> We were talking about that, how brutal that used to be, too, to bring it back. We've come a long way. People don't know the behind the scenes, but maybe people could guess that giving your guests a bottle of wine before recording wasn't a good idea. It took us a little longer to figure that one out. I don't know. We just thought, well, that's the thing, right? We thought it would just be a really fun experience. And it's true. It was like having a little dinner party. You know, you have a guest over, rotating guests over and just happen to record your conversations. There is something to that. It obviously is not our show today, but it was our show at that time. And listen, those seasons are also worth listening to because it's just different content and then different perspectives on love. Yeah, I mean, I'm really glad that we're going to divorce in this episode because I feel like reflecting back on the past, I mean, we were more looking at our own life circumstances also. I think when we mm -hmm. started this, it was very much a hobby. It was very much, okay, we're also in the trenches of dating and don't really know what to do. How do we, mm -hmm. you know, learn by talking it out? We did have less experts at the time also as more just real people. But I'm glad that we're talking about divorce because I think it applies even if you haven't been divorced. Of course, if you have been divorced, I'm sure you'll get a lot of nuggets out of this or be like, oh, yep, I remember this time of my life and look mm -hmm. how far I've come. But if you haven't been divorced, it's I find it really helpful. Like in a serious relationship, it's something that does cross my mind. It's like, what if that does happen? And knowing that like at the end of the day, you can do everything in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's you. And that's not to say that you shouldn't get into relationships. Relationships are wonderful. They are our greatest teachers, the connection that's formed for them. But ultimately, you need to build a life that's good for you. So if mm -hmm. something was to happen with that partner, you still have that life and your happiness 
continues. And I think what we've learned in this episode, I won't go into it too much because we'll let Alicia do it, is sometimes when you do get into relationships really early, you don't have that sense of self. So for the Mm -hmm. people that are like, oh my god, I've been single for so many years. Why can't I just have a relationship? Think about like, oh, I've been able to build this sense of self. There's always two sides of everything. Yeah, it's important to reiterate that too, because we tend to normalize this idea of, oh, that my partner is my entire world, or I can't live without this person, and this person completes me. It sounds so romantic when they say these things in the movies, but when you think about it realistically, why would you ever allow someone else to become your entire world? Why would you ever have this feeling that you can't live without someone? That is not the way to a sustainable, healthy relationship, especially a healthy way to end anything. That's when divorce becomes so scary and so earth shattering is because if you give your entire self to someone, yeah, when that ends, you lose your entire self. So I hope we can all hear that message loud and clear, whether you're in a relationship or not, is that you never have to depend on someone to be your entire life and you never have to give yourself entirely to someone. A relationship is additive. It's not someone to complete you, to make you happy, to make you feel whole. You already do that enough because you are fucking enough. (laughs) Yes. That's it. Period. Period. Cool. Um, Shall we go into some announcements? Yeah, so we look forward to diving into this episode. It's going to be a good one. Announcements this week. So exit interview is done. Our limited series right now until there's a further season, TBD. But (laughs) this is your opportunity to binge, catch up. Please leave us a rating and review because we don't have that many. And someone left us a one-star review because of ads and it really brought us down. So that was so sad. That was such a sad day. I know. Come on. If we can't control the ads, right? This is all produced by iHeart. So they need to make their money back from what they put into this. So this is out of our control. But Ads are part of podcasting. And sorry, sometimes it does disturb your experience. You can fast forward. We hope that doesn't deserve a one star rating because the, you said the content's still good, right? Please, everyone. Right. That was in the rating that the content is great, but one star. I get knocking a star, but to give one star. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like, yeah, it's one of those things that I, I would never do this knowing how much work podcasts are. If I didn't like a podcast, I would just move on. I would never leave one yes. star. But that's that's yes. the point. Hopefully you could help us out. We all know that you are in our corners. So help us yeah. out. Thank you. <laughs> you can also go to Instagram at Datable Podcast. That's our handle. TikTok, you can follow us there. You can follow our individual accounts like we have so many things for you to follow (laughs) so just keep in touch but we do really appreciate when people send messages through dms sometimes they feed into brunch talks sometimes people explicitly say this is a brunch talk and other times we're like hey can we make this a brunch talk because this is a really good topic so yes please do that and email us too. hello at datablepodcast.com if you have a brunch talk topic it's a fun season as we head into summer people get a little nostalgic and they start thinking about 
the first half of the year and how long, how far they've come. And a pattern I've seen people do recently is re-listen to old episodes. Maybe they've skipped over because it wasn't resonant during that season in their life. And it's fun. I do the same with our with our episodes is like I really re-listen to some of them that may be more applicable to my current stage Mm -hmm. in life. So this is the season to do it. You know, you got exit interview to binge on and you've got a lot of episodes of Dateable (laughs) to binge through and to (laughs) re-listen. Just around, you know, just like a a week's worth. (laughs) Listen back to back. Yes. And, you know, we've heard, too, from people that are like, oh, you got to do one on single parenting. We got it. It's there. Yeah. So there we go. Got a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's unfortunate because it's not super easy to filter by category, for instance, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We've thought about doing it on our website. That just isn't how most people listen. But what I've found is if you put in keywords that you want, like dateable, single parent, usually comes up, especially on Spotify. I think their search might even be better. Hot take. I like that. It's a good trick to have. Well, I'm excited to dive into this episode. But before we do, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I recently learned that I can get triggered because I jump to conclusions, but I could avoid that if I could just pause and seek understanding of what is being said to me. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Therapy has helped me unlearn from my past and forge a new path that benefits me better. My therapist makes me feel like I have a cheerleader who is always rooting for me. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Datable today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. 
With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Okay, let's hear it from Alicia. There is a word that people are scared of. (laughs) And that word is divorce. (laughs) I've personally been witness to this in my own relationship, being with someone who was divorced. Many of us fear divorce, rightfully so. But our guest today is here to tell us that it could actually be a good thing. (laughs) I'm very excited to hear how this could be a good thing. So Alicia, (laughs) welcome to Dateable. Thank you, ladies. I'm so happy to be here. And yes, I am the odd person that gets very excited to talk about divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're on an island for one, but hopefully there'll be more people joining you on this island. Who is Alicia Robertson? She is the founder and CEO of Lemonade Life, a coaching business that helps people navigate overwhelming life changes such as divorce, loss, career pivots, midlife uncertainty, and more. I like that. It's not midlife crisis, it's a uncertainty. (laughs) Softens the blow a little bit. She's the author of Make Lemonade, Thrive Through Divorce by Transforming Your Life. She's 44 years old from Guelph, Ontario. She's lived there all her life and previously divorced, but currently in a relationship. Thank you again for being part of our show. Now, divorce has been part of your story. So give us a little background on what happened. Yeah. So I was in my 30s. I had just given birth to my son. He was six weeks old. Oh. And I knew something was off. And yes, I was in the throes of postpartum anxiety. So something was very off, but there was something deeper. And I remember going into our home gym and asking my then husband if we were going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And he is usually my rock and says, yeah, of course, it's going to be okay. And here's how we're going to get through it. And that time he sat down from his workout and he just looked at me and he said, I don't know. And so it wasn't about the words, I want a divorce. I knew from the look in his eyes that it was over. Shit. Yeah. You know what? We were a happy, healthy, thriving couple as far as we could both tell. We were going through all of the relationship ups and downs. We were married in our 20s. We built community and brought together friend groups. We worked in a business together. We had our first child and then our second. And so, of course, you know, it was the roller coaster of marriage. And certainly there were some things to work on, like there always is, but I didn't see any that was relationship ending. And so I really, really was at a loss when I saw the look in his eyes. 
And in that moment, I was absolutely thrown into the depths of heartbreak, failure, and shame, and despair. And I would have rather stayed on the floor in the fetal position than to have gotten up, to be honest. Mm. So at that point, did he say, I want a divorce? Or did it come later after that? Later. So we spent, as most people do, the next year really trying to unpack, is this marriage ending? Can we work on this? What can we do? Are we both willing to try? Are we both willing to try with the same amount of effort? With a lot going on with a new little baby. And so we really did. And it was about a year later, it was in the fall. And I remember saying to him, I can feel illness growing in my body, continuing to live in this state of limbo Mm -hmm. and not being able to move forward. And the thing is with all relationships, we all go through tough seasons, but who can we really share these honest things with? And so I was so isolated and I was struggling with my own mental health and wellness. And the only resources I could find were how to save your marriage. Mm -hmm. So I didn't and couldn't see or find a path forward that seemed hopeful. I just knew that I couldn't continue to live on eggshells the way we had been living Mm -hmm. and that I couldn't see the forest from the trees inside our relationship. And so I said to him, I think this is what we need to do. And it was an interesting time because there's never a right time. Mm -mm. So this was October and we were headed into the Christmas season. And I remember saying to him, oh my goodness, we have Christmas. Maybe we'll do it in the new year, right? I mean, we've we've (laughs) been this long. We've been this long. We can go for more. And it was actually him. Thank goodness. He's an incredible leader. And he said, you know what? I actually think making a decision to share the news during the most intimate and public times and family spaces is the best decision that we can make Mm. for ourselves and our family so that we can model what it is and how we want people to treat us moving forward. Mm. And truthfully, because it wasn't my decision, I'd spent a year trying everything. And I was finding a really hard time coming up with the words that didn't feel like a sellout or that I wasn't being honest and that were filled with integrity because we wanted to be a unified front. Mm. But my whole world was constructed around the success of marriage and that marriage is till death do us part Mm -hmm. and nothing can be that bad. You work through it. And so I really settled on the fact that, you know what, it actually doesn't matter how we got here and how much we've been suffering and all the work that we've done. What matters is that we share our decision and that we are very clear with how we want people to move forward with us along this journey. And so that was the start of really starting to have an understanding that I could be in control of this narrative, though it not my choosing, that it could be with integrity, and that I could start to move forward with healing. And I know we're going to talk about how divorce can be the best thing, but I think like I could feel it myself, but I can also hear our listeners say like, this feels scary, right? You think your relationship is going well, and then one day out of nowhere, someone just changes their mind. Without being too nosy, like in retrospect, did you see things building? Like, was it big enough to be that catalyst? Or like, how would you describe it now that everything may be more clear? Yeah, I think in retrospect, there were so many micro things, right? And so one of the biggest things is that 
I had really started to live for the labels and the titles and the narratives. So, you know, and what success looked like and had never really taken time to understand what it really truly meant for myself. So while I took on all these hats, right, successful student to successful business person to building a business to becoming a wife to becoming a mom, I was so caught up in what those titles were and what those labels were. And I just continued to become further and further removed from who I was and what my core values were Mm -hmm. and really started to live according to everybody else's idea of what success was. So there was that, there was, you know, an unhappiness growing that way. There was a lack of intimacy, right? And again, Mm -hmm. I didn't know, right? There's so many opportunities to find the information that will give you what you want to hear, right? And so I lived in a world of cliches, right? Everybody's struggling when it's a young family and you've got a busy career and business and that proverbial light at the end of the tunnel. As long as your libidos are in sync, it's okay if you're not having sex all the time or, you know, whatever these things were, I just really thought, okay, I I mean, there's only one option, have a marriage for life. And so regardless of what the highs and lows are or what my intuition might be saying, you got to make this work. Mm -hmm. And so I really ignored any and all of the signs. And we would talk about them, but at a real surface level. Never did we go for intensive, you know, couples therapy or individual therapy, though we were always humans that were growing and evolving. And really the awesome part for us was that we were always a great team. We always had a great friendship. And so we built a business together that was really successful. We were just focused on all of these other things. And I guess if I could summarize, we just failed to pivot or move into a thriving family dynamic. And that's part of the fear, right? I mean, we can openly say the future is unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. You could get married today and say your vows and be in love. And that's the truth for today. But you could grow apart. And that's really not on anybody's fault. It could just be you evolve out of the relationship. So that's still so scary for me to think about. It may not even manifest itself into a divorce, but just the thought of someone you're so close to evolving out of your life, how are you able to process this departure and this grief? So that first year, I was in therapy weekly. So my therapist was my rock. I turned to all kinds of self-care and healing. I really went on a journey from self-acceptance to self-love to prioritizing myself, to start to really understand who am I? Mm -hmm. What is my identity outside of these labels and titles? What are my values? What are my values, my governing code of conduct? And how do I want to act and live and behave? And so it really was learning about who am I for the first time? And I think to some degree, I'd always lived according to other people's narratives. Mm -hmm. And I remember my therapist saying to me when I first called her and I was in crisis, but that's really where she focused was on, you know, all that you can control is right here. And she said to me on, you know, a scale of zero to 10, do you know who you are? And I remember saying two Mm. on a scale of zero to 10, do you know what you want Two. Mm. On a scale of zero to 10, do you have the courage to go for it? That was a little higher. It's like, okay, a five. I know Mm -hmm. I'm a strong, you know, capable woman. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't realized just how far I had dropped between thriving to survival and then into suffering mode. 
The reason why I think it's so important to share that is because I think that people, when they're going through these really real, raw experiences that are massive change and grief to an epic proportion, super stressful, we are also wildly successful, capable, resourceful, resilient humans at the same Mm -hmm. time, you know? And it's so okay to be both. Do you think that you knew yourself before you got married and then lost yourself in marriage? Or do you think this was kind of a skill you never had? I think it's both. I think it's a skill I never had. When I say it's a skill I never had, the pressure and the narrative that I had subscribed to was stability over a meaningful life, right? And that stability meant you get married and you have to be married before you have your babies and then you have your babies, right? And the white picket fences. Mm. I really subscribed to that entire narrative and was absolutely in this toxic culture of, well, when you're not feeling great or you're feeling off, it's because you're selfless. Mm. I mean, who the heck wants to be selfless? But that was like a badge of honor to me. I'm serving everybody else before myself. So I just don't think I'm an incredibly sensitive person. I'm an empath. I am a people pleaser. So I think there was this perfect storm as I was growing up to not really have the tools and the skills to, or the courage to unpack what some of these things meant. And when you say, do you know before marriage? Well, I sort of felt like my life was, you know, I was going to be on a Greenpeace boat in the middle of the Pacific or living with white picket fences. You know, (laughs) I knew that there was this polarizing side to my personality, but I didn't know how to take the risks and take the chances and, you know, travel the world and backpack the world. All these things I really desired to do. I always made the right choice, right? Get the degree, do the married thing. So it wasn't a matter of, did I know before I got married that I had chosen the wrong partner. Heck no. He was the man of my dreams. Mm. And we lived a beautiful, wild, loving, thriving relationship together. But I wasn't necessarily being true to my truest self. Mm. And even you saying that just resonates so much because this question of do you even know yourself, we often have to pause and step back and ask, is it the me I know myself through the lens of others? Or is it the me that I know myself through the lens of myself? And it's a very hard question to answer this idea of identity. So like I spoke about in the beginning of this, my partner is divorced and he has a lot of divorce friends. And they often say, I would not wish divorce on my worst enemy because it was the hardest thing ever. And I ask, what was so hard? What was the hardest thing for you? And they said it was this link to failure in their identity. They're like, well, in my career, I could be leaving a job, be fired, laid off from a job, but then I bounce back. I have another career. I get another job. Like it's not a dent in your identity, but in marriage, a divorce stays with you. You are now known as the divorced person who failed a marriage and they could not come to terms with that. What was the hardest thing for you in dealing with a divorce? Yeah, honestly, it takes me back when you say that. I remember the moment we were having the conversation deciding that we were going to proceed with separation. And this is so layered, right? Basically, we're going to share our dirty little secret with the world. Mm. And I was so worried about what people would think and all the questions I would have. And I remember my former partner looking at me and just saying, I can't believe that's what you're worried about when our relationship is ending. Mm, yeah. But at that point in time, 
with as little fortitude as I had, I was so worried about being not enough, being a failure, the shame. I was so worried about my children coming from a broken home. I was so worried. I had young babies and I thought, how am I going to still co-parent and have to coexist with this person? When you're younger and you don't have children, this is kind of a bit easier in my way of thinking. It was like, I'll just never have to see you again. Right. And I knew that, right. right? It was, I knew this isn't something that is just going to go away. And I'm, I'm sure that was also some of it, you know, for the first time in my life, amongst all of these things that were crashing down, I wasn't going to be able to avoid this or find some other superficial thing to focus and fixate on. This was going to be a lot of work, a lot of intention and a lot of healing. And I knew, I knew this was going to be a big process. Why do you think though, because I hear what you're saying, UA, because I've heard a lot of people say this too, and there's this fear, even if you're not divorced, but like moving into next stages of relationship, like what if I get divorced? But my take would be like, isn't just not even trying or like being fearful of that failure worse? But I think some people justify that actually it is worse to try and fail. Like, why do you think there is that mentality? So some of my clients are contemplating divorce. Others are in separation and have made the decision themselves. And others are in separation and it has not been their decision. And I can tell you with all of my clients that are in contemplation, it's exactly what you're talking about, Julie. It's all this toing and froing of what if. Mm-hmm. Right now, I know what's comfortable and good or bad, or sometimes good, or sometimes bad, even those that are in generational cycles of trauma and abuse and addiction and mental health, they themselves still are weighing these options to go, but this is what I know. Mm -hmm. And this has my family in one house and home, and I'm able to continue to care for them how I know to do it. And the thought of uncoupling everything is daunting. And I can tell you first, they'll, will I be okay? And then it goes to finances, right? Mm -hmm. Can I even sustain the lifestyle I have? How will I rebuild a future at this stage in life if I am behind financially or have never been in the workforce or came out of the workforce? And then the children, are my children going to be okay? And so the unfortunate thing is that we don't ever have these answers, right? This is the thing with breakup and end of relationships. We start to have these rose-colored glasses on and we forget that relationships are hard, that there's always an incredible amount of compromise, that change, crisis, and challenge are constant. So we're already dealing with so much tough stuff and looking at ending a relationship for so many layers and so many reasons seems like it is going to be that much worse. When in fact, we are really equipped Mm -hmm. to be able to get out of our comfort zones Right. And learn and heal and grow and have a positive attitude about it and create our reality. Yeah, I was going to ask, because obviously the, this is how this you can actually thrive after yeah, divorce. let's get to but the thriving. <laughs> I definitely, because I guess the alternative is I hear you with like, you know, this is difficult. There's the risk of having to uncouple. But like, what's the alternative? It's just not trying at all and not ever being in love and ever being in relationships. Like, how do you start to still be able to take the risks knowing that this could happen and not be as fearful of divorce. Because right now it sounds a little scary, to be honest. 
Well, and I think I could be the cautionary tale that when you don't deal with it, it's going to definitely result in the end of your partnership. And that was Mm -hmm. my case. And if you choose to deal with it, you got a shot. Maybe you both will rise to the occasion. Maybe you won't. I've had many clients who have reconciled, but it's not until we can actually communicate with transparency and inclusivity and honesty that we can actually get somewhere. And I will have a lot of clients who will be in therapy, but therapy towards divorce, which is a really challenging experience, right? And to my way of thinking, if you're not speaking your truth, you're really doing a disservice to someone that you really care about and that you really love and honor. And if you care about your family, then I think that it is worth speaking the truth and taking the chances and taking the risks, even if it ends in divorce. And let's just back up one more step there, because I also want to echo what Julie's asking. We see that the fear of divorce paralyzes people from Mm -hmm. taking that next step of commitment. I see it with a lot of my friends and the people around me. They'll say, well, I don't want to get married because I don't want to get divorced. So I'm not even going to try to take that step. How do people still accept their truth of having that fear, because we all have that fear, but still take that leap of faith into commitment and love? It's interesting how you said that, Yue, because divorce is a little bit on the decline for some of what you just said. A lot of people are choosing alternate types of relationships, not the you know religious matrimonial marriage that we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? There's cohabitation and there's all kinds of common law and what's the one? Uh, together apart, right? So you're together, mm-hmm. but living apart. So there's so many different choices people are making. I would say that a healthy, thriving relationship relationship is still built on communication, transparency, you know, honesty, and making sure that your lifestyle choices are compatible. So I would say there's vulnerability and risk in any relationship. I don't think that marriage and divorce is the be all and end all. Breaking up is really hard, regardless of the relationship that you have. So let's say you want to take, you're fearful, right? Or you are (laughs) someone that's been divorced. Like, how do you start to see divorce as, okay, it's a lot to unravel, it's going to be a very difficult time of your life, but how do you start to see this as something that could be a good thing for you, like you were able to see? First and foremost, when I'm working with people is that positive attitude to be able to look at things with a positive lens, a growth mindset, there's opportunity for healing, for learning, and for evolution, mindfulness, an extreme amount of self-care to be able to really prioritize yourself and to really be able to have that positive lift of energy and the confidence that really is coming from within. And when you start to really focus on yourself and really start to understand and create a life that matters to you, then you're able to start to really communicate effectively for how you want this to look. And so for me, the actual work that I do with so many clients is about self-worth healthy boundaries, communication strategies, and confidence. So if truly, first and foremost, we understand who am I, what do I want, and here's the boundaries that I need to establish for myself to have a healthy, thriving relationship with any person in my life, and then here's how I'm going to communicate in order to get the results that I desire or to at least have open and flexible dialogue to be able to make healthy compromises. And it's through that practice that we start to build confidence because the reality is 
Number one, I don't see it as negative because I see so many women who are breaking down generational cycles. So that is just Mm. straight up. They're making bold choices so that their children see differently and that they have a chance to heal and to model differently for their children. And so that's super, super important. But the reality is that your previous life stands for so much goodness. It was a legacy of marriage and bringing together community and building businesses and careers and family and so on and so forth. And so being really clear that this is about creating a new relationship as you move forward with your new family dynamic. And that new relationship can be anything that you choose it to be, even if it's with a difficult ex-partner. Right. There is this risk of fear of divorce black hole. And it goes something like this. It's Two people really need to work and try their best to be in a healthy, sustainable relationship. But because of the fear of divorce, it makes people not want to invest as much into that relationship. So they kind of trigger each other. So you have this cycle that repeats where it's like, I want to try my best, but because of this fear of divorce, I want to hold back because I don't want to invest all of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to invest myself into this relationship. How can people break out of this cycle where there's just absolute inaction at that point? For me, that is still about focusing on everything that you can control. So If you are with someone who is making poor choices and not showing up to do the work that's needed to be able to be aligned on values in your partnership, have similar goals, have compatible lifestyle choices to be able to model healthy intimacy for your family. If you're not aligned there and you have another person or one person or both that are defaulting on any of those levels, either with choices, actions, behaviors, or not willing to work on it, for me... Now, from the other side, I would say I don't make excuses for people's behaviors. I don't justify poor behavior. I definitely am not here to do the work for you. So many of us are enmeshed in codependence, mm-hmm. right? I don't yeah. take on your problems and I don't remove your power. So these are landmarks that I sit with and that I coach people with is that past behavior predicts future behavior. And unless someone is actively trying to improve and you're aligned on that, you know everything you need to know. And either not making a decision or choosing to stay stuck and be in a situation that is less than ideal is still a choice. And that's on you. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing. You know, people will say, well, wait till the kids are, you know, out of the house. That was one of the bigger times for divorce is the empty nesting. Mm -hmm. When in actual fact, A, that's about as selfish as I could imagine that you're putting that burden on your children. That while we stayed together for you, instead of modeling, working on ourselves in a healthy relationship. (laughs) The other thing is, I actually can't imagine not holding our children close to heart and home while they're going through something incredibly daunting and emotional and that they would all of a sudden be off in their independent life with no support while also navigating their own grief. So I just think there's a lot of personal accountability and responsibility. You can tell I get a little fired up. We can't just do the blame, shame, shoulda, woulda, couldas. At some point, that has to stop. And you've got to be fully accountable for your life. And would you want your children to make the same decisions? Will you be one day calling them out on certain things that they're accepting of, then probably good to start modeling it now. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. 
Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? <laughs> There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the walls. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I know you said you had this resurgence of life after divorce. Like you're in therapy, it's painful, you're going through the trenches. What gets you out of it? Like what gets you to that next stage of the next chapter? So many things. In the beginning, when you're grieving and you're going through massive change and crisis, self-care needs to be super accessible, right? So going to the gym three times a week, that is not happening. You know, you're happy if you got out of bed. (laughs) You know, we just got out of bed, put the feet on the floor and maybe have a shower, get some rest when we can get some rest, creating space around us that's comfortable. And for me, there was simple things like starting to fill my home with plants and watering plants, just caring for something outside of myself that was really simple. So just really accessible self-care for healing that's supported with professionals. And then the way that I got through it was treating it like a project. And it was, you know, my greatest side hustle was my life. And it was my finances and my career and my relationships and my self-care. So in terms of that wheel of all of the categories in your life that need to be healthy and whole, I worked on it from that perspective. So to me, it wasn't about a divorce. It was about, okay, how do I make sure that I'm financially independent? And then if I desire to, how do I start to put the wheels in motion to have wealth? What are the types of experiences I want to have to have fun and creativity? How will I take care of myself in terms of nourishing myself? So all of the categories in life is to start to really do an inventory. Am I living to my highest potential right now for what's accessible. We can only make the best decision we can make for ourselves with the information we have right now, regardless of where we're at. Because so many people, right, we all hear, well, I don't feel ready, or when this happens, then I will. Well, you're never going to feel ready. And so it's really important to start doing that whole healthy work for yourself and your life immediately. Mm. It's going to sound counterintuitive, really, but it's to have a divorce mindset. Yeah. Right? Divorce is possible. And anything could happen. One of you could die. I mean, I remember there was a country song and the country song was you're always working on your next heartbreak. Yeah. For a variety of reasons. But in terms of a relationship, being fearful of the divorce doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. And in fact, could take a lot of the joy out of things. I really think that if you know that you are both choosing to be here, not because you have to, but because we both want to, and we're both responsible for our own health and happiness, then it's to be in this awareness truly that we're changing. We will have a different relationships within our existing relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't have to end in divorce, but divorce 
truly is an option. Yeah, I think it's like, how do we change the stigma of divorce? Because right. like, there even is a stigma with breaking up, I think. There's a failure feeling. But really what you're saying is that we all change. We might just grow apart. And if it turns out that the best thing for both of us is to live different lives, like, why should that hold the stigma that it does? I know. Like, why do you think it holds so much stigma? And how do we change that? I was just chatting with a girlfriend about this, and she's chosen to be single and not have marriage be a part of her life and not have children be a part of her life. And we were talking about how so much of the status in the narratives that we have built in life, whether it's diet culture, right, whether it's marriage and relationships, whether it's to have children, there's so much in the way of prescribed narratives of right and wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's very little opportunity for any flexibility. And I think women get it the hardest, right? You know, and you hear things, well, if you if you're not in a couple, what's wrong with you? Yeah, you, know, you must be alone. You must be an old cat lady, spinstress, whatever the, you know, <laughs> you know, and you said, oh, thank goodness it's not midlife crisis, but, you know, midlife transformation and midlife uncertainty, women get the, well, it's over, right? That's it. Mm. There's no, you know, future left for us. We've just, you know, we go through perimenopause, we're dried up and, you know, put us out <laughs> to pasture, <laughs> really. But, and this is where to change that up, I really think that so many of these social norms that dictate what is right and wrong are also so harmful. What do you think of divorce parties? Because I feel like that's a new trend <laughs> of like celebrating divorce. I've heard of a few people doing this. I've been to one. It was fun. <laughs> so I have not had one. I feel like I, and I've also heard of divorce registries. So you can get all new oh, stuff. You know, that's like, brilliant. I mean, that actually makes more sense than marriage registries when you think about it. <laughs> Honestly, I think we should all have a registry no matter what for always. Yeah, for everything. <laughs> I'm a big fan of whatever is being done that it's positive and that it holds integrity. Because in my opinion, our children are watching. And so if it is something that is celebrating your new lease on life or, you know, some milestones or accomplishments that you've done, great to celebrate divorce. I have mixed feelings <laughs> about that. I have mixed feelings about that. For a lot of people, divorce is entirely traumatic and children are powerless in this situation and they don't get to participate in making those decisions and how that might feel and look to them. So I would proceed with caution on divorce parties personally. Yeah. The divorce party I went to was a friend of a friend. And it was totally random, but it was at the Standard Hotel in LA. My friend's like, come out. My friend's having a divorce party. I'm like, never been to one, never heard of it. We went and had a really great time. But what I think is, like you said, whatever feels right for you, mm -hmm. maybe it's therapeutic for some people to celebrate that. Or maybe you've been trying to get out of a toxic relationship and that you feel... yeah. You want to celebrate the ending of that. You do you, whatever works for you. So I'm still kind of stuck on this fear of mm -hmm. divorce because people are always afraid of getting their hearts broken, breakups, but there's something about divorce that adds this extra element of fear. It's public. There could be more assets involved. There could be children involved. It's untangling of two people's lives, families. There's that extra layer that is making a lot of our daters unable to take that next step. And it's not just the people we talk to. I mean, China right now is facing a major problem where people are not trying to get divorced. 
And believe it or not, you couldn't have children on your own. It was illegal until recently. Chinese government decided they had a population issue. People weren't getting married. So they're legalizing having kids without being married, which is great. But it's because people were so fearful of divorce. Coming out of COVID, we saw the divorce rate skyrocket. We're now back to that era of fear again. So what is the first step people can take when they feel that fear consume their body? The first step that someone can do? I think to become informed. Mm understand not just what is divorce in your area, but to become informed about those fears that are actually limiting beliefs that are likely very old and very modeled for us and really starting to unpack what is a fear that is old and is a limiting belief that may or may not serve you versus your truth. So for example, one of my fears was that If I am divorced, I will no longer have a family. Mm. And one of my top values is family. And I was so afraid that someone else would take my place and would be my children's mom and that they would like dad and that family better. Like so many of these fears, because in my mind, if you're not married, you don't have a family. Mm. That was so much to unpack for me. And getting to what were my fears about that and my limiting beliefs, so many that we've talked about, but coming over to my truth, what is family? Mm-hmm. Family is connection, experiences, love, unconditional support, all of these things that I can describe to you. And I can tell you family is not just blood, it's chosen family. Right. I was able to go from, again, having a real understanding of information that is both emotional and logistical, because really, until we can understand what is in front of us, will be filled with anxiety, filled with it. The more that we can become prepared and have a plan, even if it's just a plan that here's how I'm going to start to unpack what it is that are my fears, Mm -hmm. that reduces anxiety. Fears, what I often say is there's old and then there's new. So fears that are old come up from generations and generations. That's a beautiful place in therapy and right to have some really deep conversations and really to really get to some grassroots healing and perspective with some strategies where coaching and life coaches really support is kind of on the new right? Mm -hmm. So divorce would be a temporary thing, a temporary crisis. So that's new. So then we can get into action from that standpoint. Pain hurts, but it's temporary. Divorce sucks, but it's temporary. What are the things Mm -hmm. we need to do Mm -hmm. forward? Yeah, I really like that. Like, what is the deeper fear? Because I think when we say divorce, it's just like, okay, it's so big and blanket, right? We hear a lot of daters say like, my parents got divorced and that's why I'm afraid of it. Yeah, And then it's unpacking like, okay, is your relationship anything like your parents? Are you holding on Mm -hmm. to this limiting belief or fear that just like has no justification? Totally. I I remember one of, this was such a cool exercise when I was at the very beginning of this. And my therapist suggested to me, she said, if if you can interview as far back as you can go. And I didn't, but I had, I know my family very well. And so I just, it was an internal interview that I journaled with and it was everything, right? Conflict, communication, budgeting, finances, all the things, social, all the things you can think about in life. And how did as far back as you can remember, handle it? Mm. 
And all of a sudden I started to connect these dots where, you know, we talked about at the beginning of our conversation, did I ever have a chance? (laughs) Mm. I was just a part of generations of modeling and upbringing. And as a child, you survive in these complex environments and so often it's it's not checked. Yeah. Why would you check it? That's just the way it's done. Well, that's why it's so important to be doing this self-work before even getting in relationships. Like it's clearly like there's more work to be done once yeah. in a relationship, but understanding yourself and your background and your fears and the way of thinking. I mean, I think that's really the only thing that we have that can get us through at the end of the day. It's so true. And that's why I said I knew when I started this journey, that was the tough stuff is that this time I was going to be looking real deep at everything that I needed to unpack. And that's not comfortable stuff, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it was so worth it. And that's why being able to focus on yourself through this experience to live in parallel of this massive change so that you can thrive. And that's another thing you ate. You mentioned divorce is so scary. Well, it's so scary because we have a system that makes it so scary, Mm -hmm. right? It's a litigious system that is really in the right and wrong Mm -hmm. based only on evidence and so many legalities that make no sense at all or really compromise what can be a healthy family unit. And if you've never managed professionals before, that's a really daunting experience to go and manage a legal team while you are grieving and at your lowest. yeah. But the thing is, getting out of that mindset, most of us will show up at the lawyer's office with a blank check in hand and expect them to be the therapist and the coach, (laughs) right? And it's really expensive time. And all the while, we don't know necessarily what our lifestyle costs or what our lifestyle choices are going to be or how we would like to flow through access and custody with the children, you know, so on and so forth. When we wouldn't handle a contractor in our home like this, if a contractor came to paint a room, Mm -hmm. you know, the paint color, you know, the budget, you know, when you need it done for, you know, (laughs) the location of the room, the payment plan, how you will check in on milestones to deliver the payment. But yet this is divorce, the most important thing we're going to go through for our family. And the thing that can cost us the most in terms of any generational wealth that we may have acquired to date, or that may be able to afford our children to have more in the future. And we just show up unprepared. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. <laughs> so, That's fucking I, scary. I, I want to go back to like now how you're thriving post-divorce. Because I think that's like, ultimately, I mean, it is scary. I don't think it should prevent people, though, from having a fulfilling life in love life. And I do fear that like, people might hear this and be like, oh my God, like this just like, I don't even want to get into a relationship. How did your life get better post-divorce? And how are you able to like love again in a relationship? Like how have you been able to put yourself back out there mm-hmm. without that fear? Doing the work that I'm talking about, there's so much buzz out there, right? Oh, manifest, you know, just do the vision yeah. board and it will arrive at your doorstep one day or <laughs> self-care. That's also buzz. Honestly, this work is so intentional and is so filled with effort at every single level. We're talking about 
how we think, how we perceive, how we speak, how we act. These are really intentional things that we're doing about our life. I refer to it as in the mindfulness space, it really is like a mental horsepower and it gets easier as we go. Yeah. But if you really want to thrive, that's a big word. And again, we do throw out words like thrive and transformation and all this stuff. But really, what does that mean? Someone who is thriving in their life is being very intentional in everything they're doing. That also means that they're very intentional about love. If you're willing to be very intentional about love, that means that you're going to have the information, have the resources, build the skills, be around other people that are modeling the love that you desire to have. It's having an understanding that if you want love, it's important to give love and to practice that. And that love is abundant. I mean, truly love is within. That was another thing in terms of dating, this unpacking that I I need someone to love me, right? So if Mm -hmm. they don't love me, will they leave me? Right. So for example, when I was practicing, so I was one of those people who lived fast and furious in dating, like the love bombing and it had to be exciting and it had to be, (laughs) you know, all the butterflies. and, And I was two years on my own, really working through what is healthy love and what is healthy relationships. I really was doing all of that work, but I so, so the most important thing that I know is that all that I can control is myself and that I can't control whether another person loves me Mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. And so if I am enough, then another human being will complement that. And I truly believe that when a person comes into my life, they are here for maybe a season, but whatever they're here for, we're here to enjoy it and to learn from one another where we can share love Mm -hmm. and grow love, not need love. So I'm gathering from you that you're less outcome focused at this point with relationships. Like, do you ever want to get married again? Or is that something that's like off the table for you? You know what? I love marriage. I think it's a beautiful experience. And so I am not anti-marriage as some people might think is, you know, being a divorce coach. In fact, I love marriage and family so much that that is why I do the work I'm doing because I really think it's possible for people to divorce well to be able to have a new relationship that is still founded on love and respect and 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 that new family experience, I would absolutely get married again. I would absolutely get married again. Right now though, so I'm coming up on three years with my partner and we still have decided to live apart, although we're together. Mm. So we've decided mm-hmm. not to blend our families in the home environment. And so what I know now about love at this age and stage is it can be anything that I want it to be when it feels right and it feels like the next thing I want to do, I'll just do it. And I'll have so much fun when I do it. Right. I think that's one thing that's working for people that maybe are divorced because they've kind of checked all the life milestones already. Yeah. What about the people like you and I are in this position that like we're not married yet. We don't have kids. How do you be less attached to the outcome, but still like try to bring your life in a certain direction? I think for me, it really is about being focused on the things that matter so that you can take the opinions and the judgment and all these sneaky fears that come up. So what that is to say is that, so for me, I know exactly who I am, right? I know my values. I know how I want to live and how I want to get there. I also know really clearly what my values are in partnership. 
And what are the qualities of a person that matter the most to me? And so when then you're with someone who is checking all of those boxes, right? And you have the same goals and you have compatible lifestyle and healthy intimacy. I truly believe it is about enjoying the ride. I really think the more that you focus on outcomes, maybe the outcome you get, right? Yeah. So it's important to focus on the right outcome, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's how it makes you feel. Are you doing the things that you desire to do? Are you doing the things that draw you closer to what you want as a couple? Are you living in that space, mm-hmm. not the fear-based space? Because again, you know, we honestly just cannot control any of the outcomes. And I find that with anyone that I work with that is so focused on the negative outcome, it ends up bringing negative yeah. results. I can mm-hmm. see that. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We say that all it the time. It is. Yeah. When you talk about, you know, healthy relationships, I had to practice asking Mm -hmm. for what I need. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I first got into the dating world, I would not give so freely, right? Because I'm a caregiver and a recovering codependent and, you know, all the things. So I had to practice stating who I am and what I want and then practice asking for it and making sure that there was full reciprocity there. So for every one action that I would do, I would expect to in return. And so I just, it was a real slow and steady process of practicing. And I still practice, I still fall off and I still come back, you know, every time I come back at a bit of a higher rung. And guess what? It's still so scary. Of course, we're all human. I don't want to go through heartbreak again. Nobody does. Even though I've arguably gone through the worst heartbreak, I think it still, to some degree, would feel as painful. It's heartbreak. The first time around, it had my family component to it. But it doesn't mean that these are not loves of my life. I guess that's what I've come to realize too, is that I've now had three significant loves in my life and they're beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think this conversation, what I'm really taking away from it, like the big takeaway I have is you are the one constant in your life after all. So with divorce, I think the way that you were able to really thrive is that it gave you the opportunity to know yourself and to really hone in on your own needs and wants and build the life that works for you, Alicia, as an individual, not as a wife, not as a mother, not as whatever other label. And I think whether you're divorced or you're single or you're in a relationship, staying true to yourself and making sure that you're carving out your time, not saying that you're doing that so you can prepare for the worst if your relationship ends, for instance, but because you don't lose yourself. So while you don't want your relationship to end, there is a chance. I think this preparing for the worst, we had an episode with Dr. Gladys Otto also about breakups in grief. And she talked about this too, of kind of visualizing the breakup before it happens. Yeah, And it sounds very counterintuitive, but I think for me, it actually is super helpful because it is an anxiety. It is a fear. So if you can think about like, okay, this could happen, how would I deal with it? Personally, that relieves a lot of stress and pressure. Everyone is clearly different, but I think getting blindsided and not knowing what to do, and of course, it's never going to be the exact same as when it's happening, but at least having this idea that it could happen ahead of time, it won't feel as drastic. I guess my big takeaways is the prepare for the worst, and then also how do you just keep staying true to yourself and putting yourself first, even when you are in a relationship? Yeah, it's so true. Because I think whether someone blindsides you or you make the decision, it's equally filled with grief. 
Mm-hmm. One might be further along than the other. So I actually think that my former partner took and held the greatest act of courage, which was to end our relationship so that we could both become our best selves. Mm-hmm. Whether you call it or not, it's just that act of courage. I, I guess it's like, you know, anything in life, you have to shoot for the stars And yes, be prepared if you don't get there, but it just doesn't mean that so much goodness didn't happen while you were going in that direction. And what I like from seeing you too, Alicia, is that like, I don't want people to feel like the fear can't let them from living their life and going after things. I think you're living proof right now that they're sure there was a period that was really freaking hard, but you're back. You know, you're your vibrant self. You're in a different stage of life, but you're happy. And just because something bad happens, not diminishing the pain of it, it doesn't mean it's forever. And the more we can like let go of this almost status of I'm a divorced person with the stigma, like that's how we can not be as afraid of that interim period doesn't mean it's forever. So much of our fear around divorce is around the mystery of it. For those of us who've never been through it, I think the fear is around like, where do you even start? I have no idea. Where do you file the papers? (laughs) Logistically, where do you go? And it's like our conversation with Dr. Gladys Otto. She's picturing the end of a relationship. We can do our research into divorce, whether you want to learn about the logistics or even the support that's available for us. You, for example, Alicia, I didn't even know a divorce divorce coach existed. That was always kind of my fears, like, how do I transition out? You know, how do I get back into the swing of things? It's nice to know there are resources for that. And that's a major takeaway for me is that it uncovers some of the mystery around divorce. The second takeaway I have is understanding that nothing is permanent. There is absolutely nothing permanent in life, including divorce. It's a fleeting thing as well in the grand scheme of life. And know that it will suck if it happens, but it is something that people get over with time. Relationships could also end, but then you get over those over time too. Nothing is permanent. That makes me feel good about just living in the present because nothing is guaranteed. And ultimately, I think for all of us to think about the fear of divorce or ending of relationships or failure in relationships, it's a very natural thing. I think it is totally valid for us to feel that way. But also in a healthy, communicative relationship, you are doing your best to be in that relationship, to choose to be in that relationship. So if someone blindsides you with a divorce or wanting to leave, it means that you were not communicating. You were not fitted for each other. So that's one. And two, if you are trying your best and you decide that you still are wanting to evolve out of that relationship, you did your best. Right. We can always say, I tried my best. And that is not failure. That is success in every sense of the word. So I hope that destigmatizes divorce as well, because hopefully you only reach divorce when you've tried your best in a relationship. It's so true. I love that you said that because so often I'm holding space with people that feel like they have to have all the boxes checked in terms of why did I call it or why is the relationship ending and they on the defensive, right? Well, we tried this and we did this and there was this and there was that and there was all this list. And sometimes it's just time and sometimes Mm. it's too little too late. And sometimes it's just the decision you're making. And I find so many of us stay stuck in really unhealthy situations because we feel like we have to provide some checklist of we're trying to deal with our guilt, 
right? Our guilt, yeah. and our pain. We're trying to not be the ones that hold all the blame and the shame. You know, it comes from very natural, big feelings. But at the end of the day, again, those are just fears that are feeding into some other limiting beliefs that it's okay if you just are ready for a change. We tried our best. We're all trying yeah. our best. And I think for people that like aren't there yet, like let's say there's nothing bad in the relationship. It's just this fear because of the general fear of divorce or their parents got divorced or they got divorced in the past. But for all intents and purposes, their relationship is good. I think the biggest failure is just not trying, right? Yeah. And like getting overcome by this fear. And then for the people that are in something that's not good, the biggest failure is just not doing anything either. So like the inaction is actually worse than the action, whether that's taking the risk and the leap or saying, okay, this isn't working. Like we need to move, yeah. our, do our separate things. Yeah. I love that you said that because how many times could we get ahead of something and have so much more opportunity to really be in a place where we still like each other, enjoy each other, respect each other, can have healthy communication to the extent that we're able to versus when we have this indecision and resent and contempt and anger and sadness all really start to build. And now you're in a very complex and high conflict situation. And to me, that's even sadder. Ah, Thank you, Alicia, for this, (laughs) for (laughs) giving us hope, but also demystifying divorce and the fear of divorce kind of breaking down why we're fearful. And thank you for sharing your personal story. It's nice to talk to a survivor, someone who's been through it, done it, and came out on top on the other end. So very nice to hear that. If people want to learn more about what you do, how can they find you? Yes, I would love to keep this conversation going. I'm on Instagram at Lemonade Life Coach, over on email, connect at lemonadelife.ca, and the website is lemonadelife.ca as well. Great. And to all of our listeners, you know, we are your support system. We truly feel like you're not alone in this, whether you're going through something in a relationship, out of a relationship, we are here for you and we're here to support you. But you know how you can support us? (laughs) By giving us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. (laughs) We are also there to keep the conversation going, but also, you know, let you know that we've built a community around others who are going through similar things as you. So five stars, maybe something nice, something you learned from this episode goes a long way in Apple Podcasts. Yep. Okay. Good karma. Good karma. (laughs) Yes. All right. We're going to wrap up this episode. Stay datable. The Datable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Datable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay datable. Stay datable.